Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am your host, Mark Jackson. It is Friday, November the 20th. 2020 and today i have Stephen waddell from oath from edinburgh scotland on the show today super rad fucking awesome one-man band um well previously a one-man band has a uh, trevor church doing some drumming on the newest album computer warrior uh, we'll get into that in a minute though but how's everybody doing hope y'all are doing well uh holding up pretty well here Writing some new music in the personal in the personal band thing here, uh, doing a few other projects as well. Speaking of other projects, I floated this idea out on my personal Facebook page where I'm thinking about possibly doing a compilation disc of people on the Metal Forge, different uh, bands, so on and so forth. If this sounds like something you would be into, shoot me a message. MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com. Let me know. Send me, you know, find me on Instagram. Find, uh, say something on the, the Metal Forge Facebook page. It's everything's branded at Metal Forge Radio. So you, it's easy to find me. Shoot me a message. Say, hey, that would be a really cool idea. I'm interested in, you know, hearing Oath and Haunt and these such and such bands on there. And I'll reach out to them and Let's get this, let's make this a reality. You know, it it would be awesome to be able to do that and do it, do like a, a vinyl press of it or something. Also want to point out the difference in the beginning of the shows. I'm trying a little bit of a different thing here. I'm putting a few more breaks in the show itself, as opposed to having all of the ads at the very beginning to, you know, cut down on the intro of the show to where we can get straight into the action. Make sure you give me some feedback if you like that kind of thing or not. Also, make sure you're checking out the website, which is MetalForgeRadio.com. You can find out all of the new guests coming on for the uh, each month. I update it, and I actually sometimes update it uh, on a weekly basis. You know, as soon as people confirm, I usually try to put them on there. I usually have everybody slated out for at least a month. And with that, the Metal Forge will be hitting a big milestone coming up here soon. 
we're almost to episode 100. This is episode number 95. Interestingly enough, didn't plan this. It's so fucking cool. And I'm not including the bonus episodes. Christmas Day will be episode 100. And I've got some really awesome things planned for that episode. Gonna have a bunch of different guests on there. Pretty much kind of how we did the last bash for the Metal Forge and Midnight Oil show last year on the radio station. You could check that out. It's in the archives. Everything's uploaded. We had a whole slew of people coming in. It was such a fun night. Probably going to do something similar to that again. But anyways, let's get into this interview. This is Oath, and this is the title track from the new album. This is Computer Warrior.
right, Metalheads, I'm being joined on the line right now from Edinburgh, Scotland, with Stephen Waddell from Oath. Dude, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, dude, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. So, you're in Oath. Uh, I notice on some social media branding it says Oath SC, I'm assuming for Scotland. Well done, man, you got it, yeah. I didn't actually tell anyone that, so you did good. <laughs> ah, so tell the Metal Forge and all the listeners out there about Oath. Okay, Metal Forge and listeners. Um, so Oath, uh, well, it started out, um, well, I'll, I'll kind of, a bit, a bit of background is I played in another band called Tantrum, who was like an actual band band with like other people. Oath is just me. There's no band. Um, I do everything. Uh, Tantrum is a, a band, traditional sort of band situation. And we were recording a record and we kind of, I had pretty much done all my stuff. I'd laid down guitars and stuff and I had some spare time. So I kind of had some ideas for riffs and stuff that didn't quite fit the band. So I kind of just thought, it was, it was kind of like an experiment really. Like I decided to, to see what you could, what kind of music can you make with what you have available to you at the time. Like a kind of punk rock DIY kind of an idea. And so what I had to hand was an old Marshall amp and my iPhone. So I just figured I would make it work. Um, so the whole Legion EP was recorded, demoed, recorded, everything on GarageBand on my phone, which was an experience. It's kind of crazy to see something released on vinyl that was released, that was written and recorded on an iPhone. But there you go. So yeah, vocals, everything done on the iPhone. Um, and it was really just a little project. And I honestly never expected anything to come of it at the time. It was like a little throwaway thing. Um, I discovered Bandcamp. I can't remember how I discovered Bandcamp. But I came across it as an idea to release music anyway. Um, uploaded it to Bandcamp and people started, you know, giving me lots of feedback, messages. I was getting offers from record labels to distribute it, um, to put out tapes, to put out vinyl and people buying just the digital download, which was, which was crazy. And it kind of just snowballs from there. So, I mean... I guess Oath's kind of an accident, really, um, and it is what it is now. It's yeah, that's that's the background to it. It's a very much a DIY project, and I like just I like to not get too high tech with it. It's very keeps it underground, and it's, it's getting a little bit more high tech now, I guess, with the current record. But it's, I still like to keep it pretty do it yourself. Definitely, so, yeah. You know, Bandcamp has seemingly helped out so many independent musicians. Yeah. Where Bandcamp's killer. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those deals where we didn't have a voice for a long time with like yeah. iTunes and places like that, Spotify, yeah. all that, uh, all the online platforms. And then all of a sudden, you know, Bandcamp came along and, you know, CD Baby and of course, and, and so on and so forth. But like Bandcamp came along and has completely revolutionized being an independent musician. It, it put the power back into the hands of the people actually making the music. I think for me, like Bandcamp, they give a fuck. They, they care about you as an artist. They're very approachable as well. Like I've had, whenever I've emailed them, they've emailed me back, you know, straight away. And it's really kind of laid back. There's no business jargon or bullshit like that. They're just, they're just music fans. They're just gen, really genuine music fans. Um, and I think that comes across in everything they do. Everything they do is geared towards a musician. It's really easy to work. It's really visual. It's just a great platform. You know, you've got the app on your phone to manage your account so you can do it on the go. You don't have to go home and set up your laptop. You can you can do it when you've got a break from work or whatever. Right. Um, so it's it's really, you can it means you can react, I think, really quickly. You can message your fans directly from it as well, which I, I do that quite a lot. And you know, you're getting that kind of that engagement level with your fans up. 
I think iTunes and Spotify don't give a shit. I mean, I think we all know that. They don't give a fuck about artists, music. They just give a shit about money. Um, up until now, there's been no choice. I think that, you know, the music industry went, when CDs and everything kind of died off, Napster came through and you know they kind of got their arses handed to them a little bit. And then everything was kind of in a flux with streaming and illegal downloads and BitTorrent and all that kind of shit. And then they kind of seemed to get a bit of a handle on it with Spotify and iTunes, but it was still very much, at that point, it was... The artist was getting paid at least, which they hadn't been getting before, but they were getting paid fuck all. Now it's with Bandcamp, it's it's flipping the other way, and it means you're kind of you're in control of it very much. Well, right. And, there's, and I, I think there's, there's sorry. No, go, go ahead. I, 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 I there's artists that can are now able to start making a living from music again. You're seeing that coming through a lot. And a lot of them, if you speak to them, they'll credit Bandcamp with that. Definitely. That's one of the things I was going to mention a second ago was a lot of of the pre-sales from Bandcamp have yeah. been reported to places like Billboard and uh, the, right. the charting and stuff like that across the world. Yep. And mm-hmm. it has helped put people back into popular music that would not necessarily be considered, quote, popular music anymore. That's that's correct. Yeah, absolutely. And the pre-order is a great thing too. I mean, because you can you can gauge how much you're going to need to order of you know vinyl or CD, so you're not left you know holding the baby with a bunch of a bunch of stock you can't sell. So you know who's going to you get a good gauge of who's going to buy it, which is a great tool. I I love the pre-order option. Definitely, and I I've done that with my band once, and it it was great. And I can only imagine for other people who do it on there as well. With because of that, because for for Oath, for example, you're not out playing shows, and, correct? And there's always the possibility that it could happen, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. And with you, you know, if you don't have the the shows to be able to take merch to, then you're just kind of like you said, sitting there holding on to that stuff. Yeah, exactly. You also have had another. You had a full length come out last year with Legacy. Sure. And now, just this past week, you released Computer Warrior on the digital version and a pre-order. No, Computer Warrior came yeah. out digital. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the good Computer thing, Warrior. the good thing about pre-order is that when fans pre-order it, they get the digital download straight away, which I think is great. So they know they're going to get the vinyl, but they can still start to get into the record now and start listening to the songs. So they're not having to wait, you know, six, five, six months or whatever it is for the for them to get their hands on the vinyl, so it's really cool. Right, because the production process has been pushed back in a lot of places. Yeah, I, I think just, I don't know if it's because of you know the, the pandemic and all that kind of shit, if, I don't know what it is, or it could just be because there's so much demand now, and there's only a, you know, there's only a few vinyl pressing plants. Right. Um, definitely in Europe, but there, you know, there's not many in the world. So I think when you get just, I think, I think it's just kind of bottlenecked a little bit, so ours, I think we were looking at about a two-month delay. We were looking at March originally. It's looking at kind of May now, I think. Wow. Um, it's, just, it's just one of those things. You can't do anything about it, so there's no point pissing and moaning about it because it's, right. it's going to happen. It'll it'll happen, but it's just going to take the time to happen. Yeah, And the people, And I believe the people out there who are 100% invested in your art are the ones who are going to wait and are the ones who are going to say, you know what, that's pretty fucking cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it anyways. Yeah, no. I've when when we got the that announced, I made sure I messaged all my fans and let everyone know again using the Bandcamp app um, to let them know that there was going to be a delay as soon as I knew. And yeah, everyone's cool. That it's just it's one of those things that people I think people understand. So it looks like here on the Bandcamp page, you've got a couple different vinyl releases of of the new album, Computer Warrior. It looks like yes, you're gonna we're... you're gonna have a, a, a purple and blue splatter 
Yes. And it looks like you're going to have a, uh, like a purple and uh, bluish pinwheel. That's right. Yeah. Those are the two options. And I see the little thing down in the corner of the page here. And before I even saw that, I was like, you know, that, that reminds me that pinwheel look is somebody else that I know of. <laughs> and, uh, he was a guest on the show a couple of months ago, Mr. Uh, Trevor William church from haunt and beast yep. maker. Uh, yep. this seems like something that's his trademark of vinyl. Yeah. He likes a pinwheel. Yeah, he, do- he does. They're, Cause they're everything cool. he puts out cool. is on a pinwheel. <laughs> yeah. They're super cool. So you're working with church recordings for this. Yes. Album. Uh-huh. How has that been? Because he's a badass dude. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been, it's been brilliant. It's the whole kind of, exp- well, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of go back and take you through it, how it kind of all came about. Cause this, the album really started as, just two songs originally. There was two songs that I wrote, which I was originally going to put on a. We were talking about like doing a split, a, a split kind of release with a couple of different bands, and it just never quite worked out. And then I had these two songs written, so I was kind of thinking, what would I do with them? Um, wondering if I would maybe do like a, like a little seven-inch release or something like that, or maybe do it on a tape or whatever. And then I uploaded one of the songs to Instagram, and, and Trevor just kind of jumped on it pretty quick, and he was he like he said he really liked the tune, um, and like. Trevor and me have kind of spoken a little bit on like Facebook up until, you know, for probably about a year or so before this point. So we, we kind of knew each other to speak to a little bit. Um, and then he messaged me after it and he was like, I love the song, but the digital drums are just shit. <laughs> Which, you know, he has a point, the digital drums are shit. But right. that was when you're recording in your house and you don't have the option of <laughs> anything else. There's no there's no other option, right? Um, so he said, let me drum on it, which was amazing. Like, holy shit, that's really cool. Because I'm, I'm a huge Haunt fan anyway. So I'm like a kind of a fa- I'm fanboying at this point anyway. So that in itself, just having Trevor involved in it was going to be awesome. So we kind of spoke on the phone a little bit about what we were going to do with it. And it just kind of... It grew from like two songs into an EP, and that's what we agreed on over the phone. And then, like Trev, kind of went off at that point and did his flashback record was coming out, so he was really deep into that, busy with that. So while he was doing that, I was kind of just writing the EP, recording it, um, had a little bit extra time, so I wrote like one extra song, and I messaged Trevor and said, "Look, the EP's done, but I've got this extra song. If you wanted, I had four songs, and I said, you know, if you wanted to put another song on there, if that makes it easier, make people make." People may want to buy it more if there's five songs instead of four, whatever. And he phoned and he was like, well, if you've done five, <laughs> you, you, might... can do eight, you can do eight. <laughs> yeah, you might as fuck. well do a couple more. <laughs> it's like, fuck, okay, cool. <laughs> um, at that point, just hastily started running about, finding riffs that I had lying around and making, making some songs out of them. So well, it came together pretty quick, to be honest. That came together between, I think it was like June, it, it, the whole thing started writing the songs and then there were... They were like done by probably August, I think, something like that. It was done fairly quickly and then started sending stuff. So the, so the way it worked is I, I recorded everything and sent it all to Trevor. And he then recorded the drums, but he's also produced the album as well. So he's then mixed everything and put it all through his really cool, expensive, awesome analog gear in his home studio. Definitely. So we, what you've got, th- that's the cool thing about this really, is that you've got an album that was recorded and written on a laptop that cost maybe $100, um, an audio interface that cost maybe $40, and really that's it. <laughs> and it's then gone, to, to Trevor's turned it into an album, that actually sounds like an album made by a proper band well, that's the really cool thing about it well that's the thing i was told a, a bit of knowledge from somebody a long time ago and I, it's like i wanted to be into film at one point and i always said you know i would really like to do this but 
I've never had a good enough camera or I could never afford <laughs> a good enough camera to do it. And that person said to me, it was like, well, you know, that's a bullshit reason because yes. if you want, <laughs> if you want to do something, you're going to do it no matter the quality of your equipment. Yep. So you just do what you do. And then, you know, because today you don't have to go to a giant recording studio. You don't have to record in uh, Ringo's house uh, like <laughs> British Steel was. You know, you don't have yeah. to do that these days because everything is so concise in a in a digital format that you can always take it to places like Trevor's who has good analog equipment and can like master it that way. Yeah. Yeah, Which is, definitely. I think now more than ever, the, the, the technology is there at your fingertips. If you know, kind of, you don't even need to know. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with that. I don't know what I'm doing. I wing it. I wing the entire thing. Of, of I've learned loads. Because um, a good thing about when you're working with Trevor is like, because I've sent him stuff that's been pretty fucked up, and he'll phone and he'll, you know, go, I fixed, I fixed what you did, but he won't just fix it. He'll tell you what he did to fix it. He'll ask how you did it. And then suggest a way to do it in the future so you don't make the same fuck up again. So, like, every time Trevor phones, I'll learn something. Right, because it's a, it's a matter of uh, of teaching efficiency. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the way, the way I did stuff, did stuff was not efficient. But again, that's just because you're learning as you do it. You're kind of, like, just completely winging the whole process as you go. And not having any studio gear or anything around, you kind of just have to, you work with what you've got and that does have its limitations. But I think there's kind of, creativity comes from limitations, I think. I think, what is it, when you're, you're, you play in a band, right? What do you play? Uh, uh, bass and vocals. Bass and vocals, right. Okay, so you're probably not as bad as guitar players, but guitar players are I mean, motherfuckers I can play guitar for too. gear. <laughs> but we're bad for gear, man. Bass players, you guys plug in and off you go. You might have a compressor, you might be a little bit cheeky and have a chorus pedal if you're lucky. But generally, you're pretty much plug and go, guys. But guitar players, just we've, we fetishize gear so badly. And I think I, I kind of always go against that because I think if you spend so much time looking at amps and guitars, then that's time that you're not playing the fucking things. Right. Because <laughs> you're looking at them on internet and trying to buy them. It's like you're not a, a new piece of gear isn't going to make you better as a musician. No. It's definitely not because it's it has nothing to do with the um, the rudimentary learning of the of the instrument. It's sound manipulation at that point. I mean, I think there's so many developments coming up with 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 gear now as well. It's like how many different distortion pedals do you need? Can there how many different configurations of it can there be? It does a thing. It clips the signal. Well, to be, to be <laughs> honest, you know, the, and I'm going to rag on drummers here for a minute. Uh, I know. Oh, I'm all for that. that. I know. I know drummers that are the same way that that have three floor toms and they're all 16 inch floor toms and and they're not tuned really different at all. So (laughs) I know. I know drummers that do the same shit. So (laughs) yeah, I guess it's not just guitar players, but we're we're bad for it. But I guess all musicians, because we've got so much choice now. Like if you were in a band in the 80s and you went to your your only option was to go to the local music shop guitar shop and there would only be a certain amount of things in your price range that you could have so you didn't have all these this i call it like option paralysis you've got so many options that you you can't pick something so in those days you had no choice now you've just got you're just fucking bombarded with all these options well i think you generally don't need i think now everything has become boutique at at some point because there is (laughs) so 
there are so many musicians out there that have their own brand of something. Uh, mm-hmm. They have their own brand of distortion pedal. They have their own brand of delay yeah. pedal. Uh, it, and it might have a, like, for example, like the Ingve pedal is like a modded metal zone or something like that. And it's just like this, you know, they have their own mod of something that's a signature series. I think that's a big portion of it as well. And then you, if you are a fan of anything in the 70s, you know, Pink Floyd, for example, you're going to wonder how did Dave Gilmore get the tones that he used? What style of pedals did he use? What uh, effects essentially did he use to get his certain tones? That's it. But I mean, those guys, they used what they had. They figured there was a, a limited amount of things and they used it to, to, to push their amp as much as they could. And that's where this, that's where the tone came from. Right. Just, just using whatever was available and figuring out if something didn't work in a certain way, they found a different use for it, a different application for it. You know, they were inventive with it. They were creative. Yeah. Like they would chain two or three of them together. Yeah. I think now we just want everything. We just want to plug in and press a button and there you go. It makes it good. That That's the good button and you press it and you sound great. Well, <laughs> and and, you know, I think that happens a lot with, you know, because like you said, you're up until this newest album, you've been a one man show. Yeah. I think that has happened increasingly over the digital age. Where, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Whereas there are so many more. And here's the, here's the interesting thing. I talk to so many bands on the show here that are either a uh, one or two person shows or. The third option is that they have four or five members strewn across the United States or the world. Sure. Yeah. Because of the digital age. And I think that it kind of is a loose end to the pedal train market, I guess, is that you you're always searching for the net for the person just like the effect that gets you where you need to be. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to have that four or five guys that live in the same block as each other. You you can make an album with whoever whoever the fuck you want, really, if you if you if you know them. Right, yeah. because, I mean, look at you and Trevor, for example. Exactly. You're probably 6,000 miles apart from one another. Thereabouts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's just that's just awesome stuff. So. Yeah, once you figure out the time zone differences, you're fine. Right. <laughs> but Trevor doesn't sleep, and I don't sleep either, so it works pretty good. There's only, like, there's about two or three window, two or three hour window where we're not connect, able to connect, and it's fine, because we, we're just kind of... I think well, we're just both kind of insomnia, actually. And that's an interesting thing, too, because, you know, he and I are so many hours apart, and you and I are so many hours apart. We're kind of in the middle here. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just like I could not imagine with, like, you and Trevor or uh, Max in Underking uh, from Nottingham, and he had a member in Phoenix. And it's just like, <laughs> I mean, because you, you pretty much, you you lose a day almost, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, you kind of do, but you 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 figure it out like over. Eventually, there's like you realize there's like a sweet spot where you're both kind of <laughs> up and about, and there's like a sweet spot of time zone. Trevor gets up super early. I think he's up at like five in the morning or something crazy like that. Which would be like five in the afternoon for you. Uh, yeah, not not quite, <laughs> not, but not quite, far but off, close, but, yeah. but <laughs> close. Yeah, so it, it works absolutely. All right, Stephen, give me one minute here. We're gonna go to a commercial. We'll be coming right back. Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. 
Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. All right, metalheads, I've got on the line Stephen Waddell from Oath in Edinburgh, Scotland. Let's get back into this. Is there ever an idea to possibly take Oath to a live show setting? Um, it's not something I've spent a lot of time thinking about, and definitely not lately because, you know, live shows, I don't know what it's like where you are, but here live shows are not happening. We've got venues that are just really struggling just now um, just to make ends meet because like, all our venues are closed. Um, there's no, they're not even allowed to open to sell alcohol oh, in most wow. cases. Um, all of England is completely locked down at the minute. I'm in Scotland, so it is slightly different. England has, well, the UK has its own government, but Scotland has its own devolved government, so we're able to make certain decisions up here that, that will be different to England. Um, so we're not in a complete lockdown, but we are, in terms of bars and restaurants, they're very limited. It, we have this crazy thing where bars are allowed to be open, but they can't sell alcohol, <laughs> which is like, why else are you going to go to a bar? Right. It's not for the I not mean, because you're not going for the live show <laughs> because there's no live shows and you're exactly. going for, for the beer. So. Yeah, which ain't there. So it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a weird, the live landscape, once this all finishes, um, is going to be, ve- sadly, it's going to be very different to what it was before because there's a lot of venues that just aren't going to open up again. Right, um, and, and I, that's that's how it is kind of here as well. Yeah, there's still quite a few cities that in America that are still on a lot of restriction. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain places where I've been to where we've had been able to have shows. I actually, my band actually played one back in September. Oh wow! But it was pretty much like a private party kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think it, that's how it's kind of going. And it's it's definitely interesting and different. And there's been some other shows, but there's been like there's almost been like nobody there, which is understandable. Yeah, of course. Um, and then we also have had like a lot of, especially in my region here. I know we've had a ton of live stream shows. Yeah, seen a lot of that. I saw I saw more of that at the start of it. The whole pandemic that seems to maybe it's just that I've been busy with the album and stuff, but I've not noticed it happening as much i've watched a couple of them from um oh who was it? a swedish band called i think it was horizont okay. it might have been and a couple of other bands it, it was it was good to watch but you definitely noticed the sound difference and there being even even just through your iphone the sound difference and there being no crowd there right. it was very empty and open and there was a lot of a lot of reverby things going on it was weird that is definitely weird. The few that I've got to see have been really kind of cool because a lot of them have been like in a studio setting where yeah, I've seen it. that's cool. I've seen where that. they've just basically plugged direct, and you're just it'd be like listening to them perform the album or something like that. Yeah, which is really kind of a cool concept. 
But the funny thing is, is like sports here have went into like piping in crowd noise. Oh, weird. <laughs> so it sounds like a like you you hear the crowd chatter. It's like oh, it's man. like you're listening to a live by Kiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so oh, it's definitely like... weird. <laughs> it's definitely weird to watch something and then see like like thirty people in the in the stands because that's all that are there. Not there's more than that, but uh, but then hearing like it's a full play, full arena. <laughs> it's gonna affect your performance for that as well when you're not. You're not be able to feed back, feed off the crowd at all. It's going to be a, a strange thing. Um, so yeah, with that in mind, uh, the, any thoughts of a live performance from Oath have kind of gone. But it's kind of in the back of my mind. I would like to do it. I think I, I don't think I would like to do the whole touring thing, to be honest. Um, but like the odd kind of show here and there, little festivals and stuff, that would be cool. But it hinges on finding musicians right. really and, and making it a workable situation. It, would, it wouldn't be a band situation. It would be very much a my way or the highway kind of situation. You, you've got to find people that are happy to work with that, that are not going to be able to to have any kind of input in the songwriting because it's going to be all my all me really. So there would there would be that, but we'll see. I'm not I, I'm not saying a definite no to it. Definitely, that would actually be you know it's always one of those interesting uh, questions to ask. It's like a whimsical thing of, you know, because you're, it's the one man show at this point. And yeah, it's a possibility. Definitely. But you, know, you never say no to anything, man. Things can, can, can come up in your, that you never planned on doing. And then all of a sudden it's a possibility. So who knows? So you're still in a full band called Tantrum. Yeah. Uh-huh. Real quick. I want to hit on this. Tell me about Tantrum's live show aspect. They're touring, so on and so forth. Yeah, sure. We've not done like an actual proper tour. It was kind of winding up to get to that point, and then the world kind of went to shit. So right. Which that is, kind of got knocked ahead. But we, we we played kind of all around the UK. Right on. It actually makes it a little bit easier to ask this question. If you could have played one major concert event from days gone past, what would it be? Oh, man. You know what? It would probably be... Oh, man. It would be, it would be Donington. It would have to be Donington, but what year? <sighs> it would be classic. So, so, so Donington turned into Download. So, Download is like a big three-day kind of festival. But the original old-school Donington, you had one day, seven or eight bands or whatever it was, and it was a massive, you know, seventy thousand people in a field kind of thing. So, that's what I would definitely Donington and the year. Fuck, that's hard. Maybe the first one, nineteen eighty. Good answer. That's Donington 1980. There you go. Hell yeah. Fire up the DeLorean. We're going back. Yeah. So last week, somebody else had said that same, that same show. Who was it? Who said it? It was uh, Ryan Waste from Municipal Waste. Yeah. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and Bat. <laughs> nice. So absolutely. Yep. Because it has such a great... It has such a great lineup. It's got Rainbow, Judas Priest, the Scorpions, April Wine... Saxon riot touch. Yeah. It's like gosh, and killer. Yeah, it's it's such a good show. So for sure, I could I could dig the uh, 1980 Monsters of Rock Festival. We're gonna. I think I'm gonna set that up as a contest. See how long it'll stay on the on on the number one there. It's been two <laughs> weeks now. Yes. <laughs> uh, can you listen to your music without criticizing it? Can I listen to my music? No. Oh man. <laughs> Not really. This this record is the record I've made that I've listened to the most. 
like even even like because obviously while you're making it, you listen to it a lot, um, listening to mixes and then different things like that. But when it's finished, not so much. I think when you're a a one man band, you don't have to listen to it. When you're in an actual band, you kind of do because you have to make sure you can play it for the gigs. So you have to make sure you know the parts as you recorded them. But when you're a one man band, you don't have to. But I've definitely listened to this album a lot. I think the main re- the main thing for the for me is my voice. I'm not a fan of listening to my own voice. I don't really consider myself to be a singer. That's a very recent development for me. I'd I'd never sang before Oath ever. Not even backing vocals really. Wow. Um. So the first time I ever kind of heard my voice properly was after the Legion EP came out. So that's been like, like it's there's some bits on that record that I can listen to, but other bits I'm just like oh. Uh, and Legacy is the same. This one's definitely the best vocal performance I've ever done. Right on. So I can I can listen to it a little bit. It's a little bit easier. That's not saying much, but I can listen to it without kind of grinding my teeth and, too much on this one. <laughs> and who designed the artwork for the new album? Oh, man, that was... Um, so if you go on Instagram, it's called Pit Forge. Oh! Metal Forge and Pit Forge. Yeah. So you should do like a little team up. He, um, he's, so a, he's a kick-ass dude. Uh, Daniel, yeah. Yeah, Daniel. Uh, I talk to him all the time on there. Actually, he has he's done like so really many, cool guy. so many yeah. bands. He's he's fucking. He's killer. the he's the Derek Riggs of the twenty twenties. Right, he's just like every yeah. He's done so many bands, man. Just so many. Um, but he was so good to work with. He was just so so cool, so easy. We just did it. All, it was all on Instagram Messenger, and we just chatted back and forth. Whatever I wanted, he did it. Um, I sent him the original. The, the kind of concept for it so like the computer with the guy in the screen the switchblade and the blood coming out of it and it was just i just kind of i googled sort of images and like i can do a little bit of stuff on like photoshop and whatnot i'm not great but i can do a little bit so i kind of pieced it together to how i wanted it to look roughly sent him it and said look, you you go wild you do your thing with it and he, he kept it pretty faithful to what i'd sent really he just made it look a lot better right he is such a good artist, and I, you know I do want to give a shout out to the Pit Forge here today because he is such yeah. a cool dude. A lot of the times I get the messages back from him uh, saying that he's going to listen to the show while he's at work the next day and stuff, which is pretty fucking cool because everybody should be listening to this show while they're at work. He's just really like quick as well. Oh yeah, like, he, his response I mean, time is is crazy crazy good. So if you ever want any artwork. Uh, check out the Pit Forge on Instagram. Talk to, Definitely talk do to so. Daniel. He's he's kick ass. Yep. So yep, he's he's done all that. He's gonna. I mean, I'm. I've we've been talking. He kind of wants me to do his too, and so does Trevor. But we'll be talking about re-recording the Legacy album and just doing it again, kind of properly, making it sound a lot better. Um, and if that's the case, I'll, I'll I'll definitely get Daniel to do the artwork for that. He already did a T-shirt for it actually, just for fun. He does that now again. He puts up. If you listen to a band, he kind of digs them. You'll put up a little kind of random T-shirt design of them. Oh um, yeah, he did that. He did that for one of the songs off Legacy, and it was kick ass. And he always so, does like mock-ups of like the three-quarter length. Uh, yeah, I love, shirt. I love. I love. It's those. the long sleeve that I love. I love the long sleeves he does. Yeah, and where he so, puts like the logo down the sleeve and everything. It's yeah, so, so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll probably be giving Daniel quite a lot of money in the near future <laughs> for sure. He's a good dude. Absolutely, for sure. All right, hang out for just a second. For sure. We're going to take a break, come right back to some rapid-fire profile questions. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. 
We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. All right, here we go. Rapid fire questions. This is about Steven. Okay, hit me. Who would you want to meet that you've never met? Mm, who would I want to meet that I've never met? Um, oh, fuck. I'm, I'm clamming up here, man. Um, let's just stay. Can you be, are you talking dead or alive? Either. Oh, dead. Could I have dead Phil in it? Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> Shout out to Phil, Phil in it. Fuck, yeah. Phil in it. Paint Guinness in Dublin with Phil in it. That would do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you win. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, snail mail or email? Email. Just for the fucking quickness of it, man. I've got no patience. I can't wait for shit to happen. I just need to do it. You know, with the Bandcamp thing, I have that is one thing that I've grown to absolutely love is ordering merch off of Bandcamp from these awesome bands and like waiting for like the patch to come in. I'm like, cause I love getting patches and I'm just yeah. like, Oh, when is that going to, when is that, when is that haunt patch going to be here? And I'm like, yeah, the where, anticipation. Where, where is it? True. Where? So oh, if, we're, if we're talking about packages, then yeah, of course. But oh, yeah. if we're talking about correspondence, Oh, correspondence. It's yeah, it's definitely Uh most embarrassing moment. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, man. Music related or, Life in general. Uh, life in general. Life. <laughs> we could go on a while with that one. Uh, oh, let me think. Nah, we'll, we'll stay music related because, and this this happens a lot actually. This this should only have happened once, but it happens many times. You'll be starting up a show, lights will go down. You'll be striking your best rock star pose. You'll smash a chord out of your flying V and f- realize that you forgot to take your amp off standby. Oh shit. <laughs> And that happens way more, way more fucking times than it should have. And that's the worst, man. That's embarrassing. Um, any kind of time when your rig goes down is the worst because it's always something simple. It's always like a cable or you never plug something in right. But because you're on stage, you panic a little bit. And so you, when you're in that state of panic, you can't go to the obvious. So yeah. whenever anything like that happens, it's just it's the worst, man. You it's start cranking it. the volume knob and and the knobs yeah. on the amp, and it you never you check like you know you never check the cord going into your guitar because I've got a Spectre bass that it, you have to make sure you click the damn cord mm-hmm. in the guitar because if yeah. you don't, it'll feel like it went went there. Yeah, but it'll be out just enough to where it doesn't make the connection, and you're yeah. just like, what the or your battery. Yes. Oh. I, I don't do active. so I do, I, See, that's why I don't have active pickups on my guitars, because I just you forget, I can't deal with that you shit. You forget to change the battery before a show. Or, Fuck yeah. <laughs> and plus, you know, with having a passive rig set up like that, you can actually leave your guitar plugged in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm all for simple. Who do you wish you never saw live? Oh, dude. There's quite a few. Okay. Um, Not necessarily from a hate standpoint, but that just did not impress you. That let you down. I'm going to regret this. I'm going to regret answering this, but I have to be honest. Go for it. Uh, Def Leppard. Not letting me Cause, down. Cause, uh, <laughs> I, I love Def Leppard, man, right? And I've loved them for years. But the first time, I did, they were just one of those bands that I never really got around. Because when I got into music, it was kind of, 
I was kind of late on for heavy, for heavy metal because when I got into when I was like sort of 12, 13, it was the kind of early to mid 90s. So metal was when I got into it, no fucker else was into it. Like nobody at my school liked heavy metal. There was me with white snake logos drawn on my, my school books, and that was it. So the whole kind of like going to gigs, it was kind of hard to go to metal gigs because no, there was nobody to go with. So the first time I saw Leopard was, I think it was like 2015, 16 maybe, and they were going out with White Snake on the when they did the Deep Purple tour. Oh so they yeah. did all the all the purple songs, uh, and who opened for them? Oh fuck, who opened? I think it was maybe Steel Panther that opened. I could be completely wrong, but I think it might have been. I, I don't know. Anyway, it was White. No, I wasn't. It was a different gig. But it was White Snake and Leopard. White Snake came on first, and just David Coverdale was cool as fuck, being awesome like he always does, um, just being the consummate front man. The band were good. It had Red Beach, and it was um, oh fuck, what's the name of the guitar player? Joel. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Um, great band and everything. It was all cool. And Leopard came on and. You know they were pretty flawless, but that was almost the problem. Like there was, it was really flat, really mechanical. Yeah, it was, man. There was, and you know they've got all so much going on with, you know, they've got to have everything perfect with their backing vocals and stuff. I just felt for me it was, it was just not a great show. Maybe it was an off night. I don't know. I've not seen them again since. So hopefully it was just a a one off. I, I would, well, I would still go and see them again. But at, at least you said. At least you said Def Leppard and not like Black Sabbath. <laughs> no, so I saw Black Sabbath on the end tour and they were great. I actually expected them to be shit, um, just because I, you know, Ozzy can't quite hit the notes right as he used to, as we all know. But that night they were. I mean, I'd, I'd had a, I had a couple of drinks to be fair before, so maybe my hearing was fucked. I don't know, but they sounded great to me. You um, know, so they were they were kind of a surprise on that tour. Actually, I, they were so much better than I expected for sure. Yeah, uh, all the times that I've seen them, they've been completely, they've completely blown me away. Yeah, uh, just a, I honestly, really, really good. I honestly would have loved to have been at like uh, the Costa Mesa shows of Ozzy's No More Tours tour back oh, in the nineties. Yeah, 90s yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, um, and there was an there was an Oz Fest that this happened as well. That uh, on the No More Tours deal. Uh, Ronnie James Dio refused to do the shows. Yeah, he didn't. Halford stood in. And Halford stood in. And, yeah, that would have been badass. Oh, for sure. And then in one of the Ozfests, Halford sang an hour for Judas Priest, went off stage, came on and sang another hour for Black Sabbath. And I mean, Halford's just a, he's like he's a god, man. He, he can he can rip. For I saw sure. Priest quick Priest recently too. Were just like a couple of years ago. I saw them just before the. So Glenn was still playing at that point, and they were just killer. So good. Uh, never seen them, unfortunately. They're on my bucket list. I was going this year, and then, lo and behold, world turned to shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was kind of, we were supposed to be going, funnily enough, going to see them this year in the UK because they were, they were going out with Aussie, and then that just, that kept getting put back and put back because of Aussie's health issues and right. stuff. So we never got to see that either. But definitely, what was yeah. the last thing you listened to on the radio? Man, fuck radio! <laughs> like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't listen to the radio, man. I haven't listened to a radio in years. We have no, there's no really kind of any good rec- radio shows over in the UK for for rock and metal. So, right, I haven't listened for years. Understandable. Uh, that's a that's a big thing here as well. We don't have a lot of. I mean, your market, your certain markets like New York and LA probably still have some, but like 
middle of the country, uh, United States for me, not really a, a hotbed for, for a good rock and metal show. I mean, the good thing is about, like, with YouTube and stuff, you can pull up all the, like, the Eddie Trunk shows and stuff. I like to listen to them just for the interviews. Obviously, you can't, they don't play the music or anything on the YouTube streams for copyright and whatever, oh, but I yeah. like listening to the, the interviews and stuff. He does some great interviews. Oh, yeah. He was controversial here for a while, I think, because of that metal show. But, like, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people give him a lot of shit for, you know, not knowing his actual background. You know, yeah, he's he like actually an A&R guy. And- for Megaforce. Yeah, he signed these freely. Yeah, he he was the that and that was a great book as well. If you've ever uh, seen or read Heavy Tales by John Zazula. Hey, oh he, no, he, that sounds good. Yeah, and he talks about Eddie coming to work for him, and he was like sixteen, seventeen years old, just doing stuff. So totally cool. Yeah, Sabbath or Zeppelin? Sabbath. Don't even have to think. <laughs> I agree. Uh, what is the worst album by your favorite band? Oh, you bastard. Okay. <laughs> so that means I have to pick out an Iron Maiden album. Oh, oh God. That's like, oh. Um, oh. Right, the worst one. So a worst Maiden album? Still better than anyone else, but okay. Uh, the worst Maiden album is virtual 11 really yeah yeah it's the worst one man it's i still like it i still love it but right it's, it is but, the worst one i i i could understand that you know i recently i saw them on the uh the legacy of the beast tour last year yes yeah, they were killer did you see that tour as well yeah yeah the where, movie, it was brilliant where they were doing stuff from the blaze bailey years with bruce yeah they did uh sign of the cross which and, I, I, and, uh, I love the x-factor and the Klansman. Which is a great song. And there are great songs on the Virtual Eleven record, but I think as an album as a whole, it's just not it's not quite there. There's too much filler on that one. I get it. I get it. Uh, and the Angel and the Gambler has synths that sound like somebody farting and I hate it. <laughs> now, that, now that you've got me started. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Are you currently reading anything? Not right now, man, because it just... You know what I see with time, I just don't have the time to do that anymore. Um, because all my spare time, like I work and I've got three kids, so my only spare time is is used making music with oath, really. So reading is something that's kind of fallen off the radar. But when I when I do read, it's generally like rock biographies, music books. That's pretty much what I exclusively read. Right on. Um, I think the last one I read was what was the last one? I think it might have been. Uh, I think it might have been Bob Daisley's book actually. Nice. I think that was. Have you read? That's a really good book actually. That's brilliant. Really in, insight, insightful. If you're an Aussie fan. <laughs> right, right. Because didn't they actually make amends with him? I think like recently or it's been no, it's been within it, like the last year. I think it was either with him or it was Lee, with Lee Kerslake. Right. It was definitely something. Um, Where they actually had acknowledged their existence after. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's like, his his career in general is like phenomenal. Like it's, it's crazy that, you know, he said the name Bob Daisley to end, like, like your man in the street, they're not going to know who he is, but he's responsible for so much of like rock history. He's an incredible player and an incredible songwriter too. Oh, absolutely. But really, really cool story. Really cool book. If you get a chance that anyone's re- listening, you should definitely... Pick up Bob Daisley's book. For sure. All right, this is the last break of the show. We're coming back, continuing the rapid-fire questions with Stephen Waddell from Oath, from Edinburgh, Scotland. What could possibly come next? 
Hey everybody, thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge this week. I really appreciate every last one of you that listens. But before I go any further, I do want to tell you that we do have a Patreon page here. And there's three tiers. There's the Down and Dirty Dollar tier. It's just a buck. Hey, you're not going to miss a buck. Nobody does. Then there's the $5 Showstoppers tier, which you get a patch, stickers, whatever we have that's in that price range. And then there's the $20 a month Master, where you can get a t-shirt, any size, any color of the Metal Forge logo. Fuck yeah. That's awesome stuff. Oh, and by the way, if you donate on there, guess what? You get the show two days in advance from everybody else. Thank you all so much. It's patreon.com slash metalforgeradio. Check it out and donate today. I love you guys. Thank you. All right, we're back. And this is a pretty big question, I think. What do you invest too much time into? <laughs> Music. <laughs> Definitely, because it gets to the point where I get so deep in it. Like it's, uh, oh, do you know what? I don't, I don't really ever switch off from it. But when you're like a one-man band, you kind of have to because there's no one really else. Yeah, there's no one to fall just, back it, on. It, falls on you to do it all so you kind of have to but it does get to the point where like, like when i by the time i've come in from work and i've sorted the kids out and stuff it's you know and had something to eat it's maybe eight nine o'clock at night and then i'll work on music through and, and it will go to like two three in the morning it's getting ridiculous and i'll do that you know four or five nights on the trot and by the end of it you're fucked so probably that but it's got its rewards absolutely <laughs> it definitely has its rewards what would be one thing you'd change about yourself I'd uh, have more hair. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, there's only so much you can wear a hat or a, a bandana. Sometimes you just have to bear it. What's your favorite breakfast food? Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, uh, avocado on toast. Ooh. That's my that's my jam. Hell yeah. Definitely. Yeah, man. That's Keep like... it healthy. Now, see, here... You it's, know... not very, it's not a very British thing to have for your breakfast. <laughs> But it's what yeah. I, it's good though, right? Yeah, that's killer. I mean, Absolutely. is it a little bit the, hot sauce on there too? It's banging, right? Uh, that's one of the things that we also do here. You know, we might have like a, a treat and be like breakfast for dinner kind of thing. You know, where we have like oh, yeah, uh, yeah. bacon mm-hmm. and eggs for for your actual dinner meal rather than in in the morning. It's really kind of cool. <laughs> and it's it's Britain. Everything gets fried over here, man. It's. We'll we'll fry anything. We'll 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 fry fucking candy. We'll do anything. That's Scotland invented that shit. Actually, Scotland were the first country to do that to deep fry candy. You know, we also have a very high level of heart disease in this country. Right. Too. We uh, the the American um, car uh, county fairs and carnivals type stuff. Oh yeah, they they deep fry shit like Reese cups and Oreos and nice. They, yeah. they deep fry like turkey legs and shit like that. It's God. so crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah, we, we definitely understand too. <laughs> we, we deep fry pizza over here too. Really? Yeah, yeah we deep fry everything too. <laughs> I'm a fat guy, so that actually sounds pretty good. Deep fried Next pizza. time you're in Scotland, you, you get a deep fried pizza, man. It'll change it'd your life. The, it'd be the first time I'm in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the last if you eat one of those. <laughs> Right. What was your first concert? It was Aerosmith, actually. Nice. It was good. Steve Tyler threw his harmonica out into the crowd and hit a girl in the head. (laughs) She was up. She was up on her boyfriend's shoulders, and she got knocked the fuck out. (laughs) Pretty funny. (laughs) Makes you wonder if he did it on purpose. I think he might have had a little, a little, a little aim at her. Yeah. (laughs) 
Or he what was distracted was by the boobies, on? I don't know. That was the uh, Nine Lives tour. Wow, I saw them on that tour as well. Yeah, it was a good show, man. The yeah. support band were fucking awful. Uh, um, they were a, a UK band, you probably won't have heard of them, called Shed 7. They were fucking awful. They were kind of around at that time when Oasis, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with Oasis, oh, but course. it was that kind of... That kind of Britpop thing, it was awful. But Aerosmith were good. All right, got a few more questions here. By the way. Denim or leather? <laughs> Denim. Nice. Leather gets The choice hot. of the working man does get yep. sway. Okay, got one more question here. But before I do that, who do you want to give some shout-outs to? <sighs> shout-outs. Who should we shout-out? I should probably shout Trevor out, because they'll give me trouble if I don't. So Trevor, Haunt... Uh, band, what, band, what bands that people should listen to people should listen to um, if you listen to this and you're a fan of really old school death metal but with a little bit of new wave of British heavy metal thrown in there as well you should go and listen to a band called Fetid Zombie who are from Florida um, it's the, a, like a one man project as well that it's from a guy called Mark Riddick who is an incredible artist as well actually he's done album covers for so many people um, so you should definitely check that out. Great band. Uh, who else should you listen to? Band from Scotland called Hell Ripper. Also another one man band thing. It's kind of like a blackened speed metal thrash kind of thing. Definitely. Um, you would love Hell Ripper. They're awesome. They're on uh, my list to contact actually. The yeah uh, yeah go and speak to James. Good guy. Good band. Uh, Witch Hazel. Another give all the UK bands a shout out, man. Witch Hazel. Who are if you're a Wishbone Ash fan you will probably like witch hazel really kind of and, and thin lizzy too actually really kind of melodic twin guitar harmonies kind of folky they're a christian band but don't let that put you off there's great songs in there too um who else yeah that's kind of I a think nice thing the, to know that you you did say that that don't let the the christian theme throw you off because they they write good music that seems to be a thing here as well that like they don't seem like they fit in a normal metal genre I guess. Yeah, they're well, which is I wouldn't I wouldn't call them heavy metal as such. They're like seventies hard rock, kind of proto metal, I guess you would call them. But they're they're pretty outspoken about their faith, um, and I'm kind of pretty. I fall on the other side of that. I'm pretty against that. But you just got to appreciate a great tune, right? And great playing. It doesn't matter what the lyrics are. They're just a great fucking band. Definitely, I, I um, agree with that. And. Tell people how they can get a hold of you to purchase items, give you some info. How, how can how can people get a hold of Oath? Yeah, I'm very visible and very interactive on all social media platforms, so you can just throw me a message and I will reply, definitely. Um, for buying stuff, it's all Bandcamp. I, I don't have anything up for sale anywhere else. Uh, I, don't, I don't do Spotify or iTunes. You won't find me anywhere else other than Bandcamp. So you can... You can stream the record on there. You can buy them on there. And for contacting me, Oath on Instagram, um, Facebook. I don't do Twitter. I don't really get Twitter. So it's, it's Facebook or Instagram and you'll find me. Right. Or you can message me direct through the Bandcamp page as well. You can message me and I'll, I'll respond. Awesome. I'm pretty good at getting back to you. And it's oath1.bandcamp.com. That is correct. All right, time for the big final question, and it is, what song or band do you never want to hear again? I'm just going to say, the, can I have two? Can I have two bands? Sure, sure. This is like, there was a TV show in the UK called Room 101, and it was just like, they would have a guest on, and they'd pick a bunch of things that they hated, and the other person had to decide whether they were allowed into this room, where they would never be heard of again. So, 
in room 101, I'm going to put Alter Bridge. And I am also going to put right next to them, and I'm going to kick them on the way down as Shinedown. No. Alter Bridge are the only band I've ever left a set in the middle of because they were fucking awful, man. Wow. They were depressing, awful, terrible, the worst. Um, Shinedown were just shit, and I could accept that they were shit, and I sat through it, and it was fine, but Alter Bridge were bad, man. Had to leave. Understandable. They harshed my buzz. Ah. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah. Stephen, I got over it. It's fine. Oh, well, that's good, you know, because, you know, moving on, right? Yeah, man, we're resilient. That's, that's all part of the part of the game. <laughs> Stephen, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on today. On the way out, off of uh, Computer Warrior, what do you want me to play? Play Mean Streets. That's my favorite. This is Mean Streets by Yeah. Come to me.
musicians rejoice. Confused with all the modern and technical pedal board selections? Look no further. Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards offer their homemade wooden and custom pedal boards for guitarists and bassists alike. Established in 2013, KYHBPB has helped support not only the local Louisville scene, but a large array of big and small players from across the entire country. More info can be found at KentuckyPedalBoards.com. It was good. Steve Tyler threw his harmonica out into the crowd and hit a girl in the head.